الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اللهم لك الحمد وإليك المشتكى وبك الثقة وعليك التكلان ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن اهتدى بهديه واستنى بسنته ودعا بدعوته إلى يوم الدين Inshallah ta'ala, this is a continuation of our regular weekly tafsir lesson where we were going through the tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah. And we were in the midst of the beginnings of the story of Banu Israel and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was speaking about the Banu Israel of old. And we mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and because this surah, Surah Al-Baqarah, is a madani surah, madani meaning it was revealed in Medina, and the Prophet ﷺ came into contact with the Yahud of Medina, the Jewish uh, people that lived in Medina, and they had the Torah with them, although the Torah had been altered and it wasn't exactly the same Torah that was given to Musa ﷺ, in it were still verses and signs pointing to the final messenger, which was Muhammad ﷺ. And when the Prophet ﷺ comes into contact with them, Allah reveals these ayat speaking directly to them. And Allah is telling them, remember the, um, the ni'am and the blessings I have given your forefathers. And remember the truth that was given to Musa and how many of your forefathers went astray. When Musa came to them with the truth, do not fall into the same mistakes that your forefathers fell into. Do not deny the blessings that your forefathers were given. Be grateful to Allah Almighty. Allah tells them, and we mentioned this last week when Allah was telling them, لا تلبسوا الحق بالباطل وتكتموا الحق وأنتم تعلمون Do not mix truth with falsehood. Do not hide the truth. And the main truth they were hiding is the fact that they knew about Prophet Muhammad. And they knew that he was the final messenger. And Allah was reminding them that fear Allah and believe in the messenger. And that if they do so, Allah also reminded them of the covenant and the promise they made to Allah Almighty. And Allah said, in Ya Bani Israel, O the people of Banu Israel, to the children of Israel, and we mentioned who Israel was, that they are the descendants of Prophet Yaqub, and that Israel was Prophet Yaqub himself. Remember the blessings and the favors that I have given you. And fulfill my promise, your promise to me, and I fulfill my promise to you, Allah says to them. So their promise, and the scholars have many different uh, interpretations to, to what was this particular promise that is being referred to it. We mentioned last week that it could be a general promise of worshipping Allah Almighty and living your life the way Allah wants you. It could be a specific promise that they were told, or the people of Ben Israel were told, that um, they would have to believe in the final messenger and preserve the fact that this messenger was mentioned in their books. And we mentioned many qasas uh, um, that allude to that as well last week. So, verse 33, the, it is still speaking mainly to the Banu Israel that lived in Medina. So the Prophet is conversing with them and these ayats are directed at them. But we know, and this is a very important principle, although many of what is being said is directed to the Banu Israel, it is also a message to all of us as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةِ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةِ وَارْكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to them and establish the prayer and give the zakat and pray or make ruku' with those who pray. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now commanding the Banu Israel and telling them, first of all, believe in Prophet Muhammad. Second of all, do not hide the truth that you have. Third of all, establish the prayer. And you'll come across this phrase often, which means to establish the prayer. Now, Allah didn't say to them, Sallu, pray, but He said, and the scholars they say to establish the prayer it involves a lot more than just praying it means you pray exactly like the prophet prayed you do everything you're supposed to do in your salah you pray in the most uh, the best manner you possibly can this is what it means to establish the prayer with its sujood and its ruku' and its tranquility and the adhkar that you're reading and your heart is present and you're not distracted all of this involves in Salah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to them that they should establish the prayer and, the, and perform the salah. Another thing that is important to note is that the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians that came before us, they also used to pray. And the prayer was not something that is specific to the Ummah of Prophet Muhammad This is very apparent in the Quran. You will find even Prophet Isa, for example, when he spoke as a child, Allah says in the Quran that he said, "Inni Abdullahi atani al-kitab Among the statements Prophet Isa, who's of course before Prophet Muhammad, made was that Allah has enjoined him to pray bi-salati zakat and similarly the other prophets as well. So the concept of prayer and the concept of zakat was known to the Jews and the Christians and the Banu Israel. But here they're being told to establish the prayer like the prophet is. Meaning what? Accept Islam, believe in the prophet and establish the prayer. zakat And give the zakat. Give the zakat and be among the Muslims. Which is why the final portion of this verse when Allah says, uh, and bow down with those who pray. Uh, many scholars have said that uh, the ruku' here is not referring to the conventional ruku' of the salat, but is referring to humble yourself. Humble yourself in front of your Lord, right? Bow down, meaning submit yourself. Join the Muslims, because becoming a Muslim is someone that submits to Allah's will and follows the messenger. So other scholars have said, no, it means warka'u ma'arraki'een. Ruku' is specified here because that was the one part of the Salat that wasn't present in their prayer. So the Yahud used to pray, but their prayer did not involve a ruku'. They didn't have the bowing down of the ruku' that we do. So it is almost saying, it is not enough that you pray the way you pray. It is not enough that you pay zakat the way you do it. You have to actually join the Muslims and follow the law of Prophet Muhammad wasallam, which has abrogated any law that came before it. You can't pray the way you were praying before. You must pray the way the Prophet is praying. You must join the Muslims and that will include you doing ruku' which you weren't doing before. That's why it's specific. Some of the ulama, they have made an istimbat of this ayah. Istimbat is when they look into a verse and extract from it a ruling. They extracted from this verse a ruling which is that the uh, communal prayer or the congregational prayer, if you will, is actually a farad or wajib upon the men. And they, among the evidences is this verse. 
where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, although having mentioned the prayer in the beginning of the verse, when Allah says, وَأَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ Establish the prayer. وَأَعَتُوا الزَّكَاءِ And give the zakat. وَرَكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ And pray with those who pray, meaning what? Meaning, pray the jama'ah. Pray with the believers in the mosque. Come to the masjid and pray in the congregation, which is an opinion many scholars hold, which is a very strong opinion that men should come to the masjid to pray. And Ibn Kathir mentions this when he's talking about this verse, that this is among the adilla, among the evidences that suggest that the prayer of the jama'ah isn't just a supplementary act of worship, something that is just sunnah, it is actually wajib. But of course, this is a matter of disagreement among the scholars. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? To the Yahud of Banu Israel, uh, but also to the rest of us, وَأَقِيمُوا salat Establish the prayer. وَآتُوا zakat Give the zakat. Another benefit from here is, إِخْوَانِ فِي اللَّهِ that وَأَقِيمُوا salat is related to your own personal worship to Allah. وَآتُوا zakat is your personal is worship to Allah, but also help the people. So worship Allah, but also help the people and give zakat. وَرْكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ And uh, make ruku' with those who pray and bow down and pray like the Muslims pray. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the following verse says nasa bil birri. Are you commanding or enjoying al-bir? Are you commanding piety and righteousness to the people? nasa bil This is a question of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised. Are you commanding righteousness and piety to the people? nasa bil anfusakum and you forget yourself. To practice. So you're telling others to do good, to be righteous, to be pious, and you are forgetting yourselves. Allah then says to them, While you are reading the book, and that is referring to the Torah, do you not have intellect? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Do you not have a sense? Do you not have any intellect? This ayah, initially, again, we're going to always focus on the context, but then expand upon it. So, again, who was being spoken to? The Banu Israel. Now, among the things they did was that when they were pushed and really asked, they would admit that indeed Prophet Muhammad is a messenger. And they would say, he's a messenger to the Arabs, but not to us. Sometimes they would deny but when they are pushed and really asked and interrogated, they would admit it and say, yes, he is actually a messenger. And in fact, sometimes they would tell people, yeah, you should follow him, you should believe in him, but I personally won't. So, and also, among the things that their ahbar and their priests and their rabbis, their leaders would do is, they would command others to do good, but they themselves wouldn't do it. The main thing being the following of Prophet Muhammad. So sometimes they'll admit, yes, he is indeed a messenger. We can't deny it. It's in our books. But you, you guys follow him, but we will not. Right? And a lot of it was due to pride. Like you mentioned last week. Due to the fact that they felt like if they follow the Muslims and, be, and join the Prophet ﷺ, that they will lose some of the uh, ranks they had and some of the prestige that they enjoyed. So they would sometimes tell the rest of the people, yeah, join Muhammad, but we won't. Sometimes they would admit it, but then they wouldn't do it themselves. And also generally they would command good, but themselves they wouldn't do it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referencing this says to them, Are you commanding the people righteousness? And forgetting yourself. So you're not doing yourself. 
and, and on top of that, وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ And you are reciting the book, and the book here is the Torah. أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Do you have no sense? Do you have no aql? Do you have no intellect? How come you're telling others to do good, but you're not doing it yourself? How come you're telling others to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but you're not doing it yourself? أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Do you not have any sense, any aql? Ikhwani fillah, now that you understood the main khitab was to the Yahud, let's look into this verse more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is discussing the concept of one telling others to do good, but then neglecting his own self. And this is why there is an interesting narration from Ibn Abbas, where one person said, I want to tell the people good, I want to enjoin good and forbid evil. And then he said to them, upon you is three verses. And the first verse was, he said he, that Ibn Abbas recited upon him was, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَا تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ All you who believe, why are you saying things that you yourself are not doing? So again, don't command things that you yourself are not doing. Another verse was this verse, أَتَأْمُرُونَ النَّاسَ بِالْبِرِّ وَتَنْسَوْنَ أَنفُسَكُمْ Are you commanding others righteousness and forgetting your own selves? While you're reading the book, do you not have any sense and any aql? And then he also recited upon him the verse of Prophet Shu'aib uh, when he said أريد, And I do not want to command you something and not do it myself. Right? So you, you have these verses and it's very important as Muslims we ponder upon these verses. Here you have Prophet Shu'aib saying to his people Although I'm commanding you all of this I myself am not exempt I'm doing it too. We are all doing it. It's not like I'm telling you to do something and not doing it myself. Allah is saying here, why are you commanding others to do good, but you're forgetting yourself? And in Surah Al-Saf, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَا تَقُولُونَ مَا لَا تَفْعَلُونَ But, there are issues that we must discuss now. Does this mean, does this mean that you are then not allowed to call towards good if you're not doing it yourself? And the answer is no. And it's very important that we appreciate it. And all of the Mufassirin, they, they talk about this, except for a few that make it a condition, that they make it a condition and they say, unless you're doing the good yourself, you cannot call others towards it. That is not the case here. So the scholars, they, this is how they break it down. Upon you are two obligations. The obligation of doing good, and the obligation of calling towards good. You need to do both. You need to do good and you need to call towards good. You need to stay away from evil and you need to call the people away from evil as well and tell them to stop it and remind them as well. These are two things that are not necessarily connected. And this is why Al-Nasu Asnaf, the people are in categories. The best category, the one we should all aspire to is The one who does good and calls others towards good as well. He prays, he tells others to pray. This is how it should be. He doesn't drink or commit haram, he tells others to not drink and commit haram. This person is doing good and calling towards good. And, this is the, and that person, he is not doing what Allah is reprimanding us not to, or to do in this ayah when Allah is saying, don't call towards good and forget yourself. This person didn't forget himself. They are praying salah, they are giving sadaqah, they are good to their parents, and they tell others to do it as well. That is the best way. Then you have someone else, ikhwani wa akhwati fillah. This person is someone, la yaf'alul khair, wala yad'u ilayhi. La yaf'alul khair, wala yad'u ilayhi. Aw la ya'amru bihi. This person, he is not doing good. This person isn't praying. This person isn't giving sadaqah. This person isn't doing khair. 
and he doesn't call to a Disney either. So, he is doing none. And that person is the worst. Then you have the one who himself is not doing good. He's not doing good. But he is calling others towards good. Example, someone that himself doesn't give a lot of charity or no charity at all. But tells others, give Reminding others. Maybe he has a problem of being greedy and has a bukhul and has an issue. Loves his money too much. But then he reminds others to do it. You might argue it's hypocritical. But the fact of the matter is, the fact he is reminding others is good. He is doing something good. So the, the fact he's telling others to do good in itself is khair. Or a better example, someone is doing evil. He is mubtala bi al khamr, mathalan. This person, he drinks. Then he tells others, don't drink. Trust me, my friend, drinking is addictive. I have been struggling with alcoholism for 40 years. I advise you don't start it now. Drop it. That is sincere advice. And inshallah, that person will be rewarded for that advice. That genuine advice that he's giving. He's doing good. So, it is not that you don't call, but the point is, so this verse isn't, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't saying, why are you telling others to do righteousness? The blame is, why are you not doing it yourself? Not why are you calling others? Calling is good, but also don't forget yourself. So a lot of people misuse this verse. أَتَأْمُرُونَ النَّاسَ بِالْبِرِّ Are you calling the people towards righteousness? forgetting yourself. The problem is the fact that you're not doing it yourself. Not that you're calling others towards it. And it's not as if Allah is telling us, don't call others. لذلك سعيد بن جبير, this great tabi'i, said, if we made a condition that if anyone is going to call towards good, they themselves must do no harm and no mistake, have no shortcomings, then no one would be able to call towards khair. And Imam Malik said, sadaqah, that is truthful. That is exactly what would happen. Meaning what? You don't have to be perfect to call others towards good. And you don't have to do yourself the good that you're calling towards. Of course, that is how it should be. But if you're not, at least do some khair. طيب. I hope that is clarified now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَتَأْمُرُونَ النَّاسَ بِالْبِرِّ Are you calling the people towards al-birr? Birr is kullu khair, jami'ul khair. It's all that is good. وَتَنْسَوْنَ أَنفُسَكُمْ And you're forgetting yourselves. لِتَتْرُقُونَ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ تَتَدُونَ الْكِتَابِ While you are reading the book, O Yehud, while you are reading the Torah, that is telling you to believe in Prophet Muhammad. Are you still not doing that? أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Have you no sense? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ And seek help and aid in sabr and in salah. Seek aid in the prayer and in patience. In patience and the prayer. بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Sabr is patience. Salah is of course the prayer. وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ And indeed the prayer is كَبِيرَةٌ heavy, difficult, شَاقَةٌ وَثَقِيلَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ Except those who have خُشُوعَ Meaning those who are obedient to Allah, submissive to Allah Almighty and have خُشُوعَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse is talking about the importance of patience and prayer and how that will uh, give you aid in your worship, in your prayer, in uh, all of the stuff that we mentioned earlier. Let's bring it to the context again. These ayats were being revealed in the khitab to the Yahud first and foremost, but also again, al-ibra to bi'imumi sabab. The ibra and the, the, we have to look at this verse and we have to all benefit from it. 
But we also have to understand the context. So, the Yahud are struggling to follow the Rasul وسلم, And they have their own false reasons. Well, sometimes they claim he's not a real prophet. Other times they claim that he is a prophet but for the Arabs. Other times they try to hide the truth. Other times they're telling the people to follow but they themselves stay in their own position out of fear that they will lose their position and their prestige and their luxuries and whatever. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them, are you commanding the people to follow the Rasul and to do righteousness and you're forgetting yourselves? Are you struggling with the fact that you have to follow the Prophet sallallahu If you are struggling with worship, if you are struggling with to submit, istainu bis sabri wa salah. Seek aid in patience. Have patience. Right? Pray. Early they were told, Warka'um ar-raki'een. And the salah is something that helps you become a better person. لذلك يقول الله عز وجل إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر. Indeed, the prayer it prohibits you from the fahsha, from evil and munkar, from obscenities and haram and evil. So the more you pray, the better person you become. So Allah subhanahu wa taala is saying, but generally speaking, you need to seek aid in patience. Have sabr. Have sabr. And ikhwani fillah, sabr and patience, the scholars, they categorize it into three categories. As-sabru ala ta'at. Right? To have patience with regards to acts of obedience. It is not easy to wake up for fajr or to pray. It is not easy to give your wealth in sadaqah and zakat. It is not easy to do a lot of the ibadat. Have patience, for you will be rewarded. Sabru ala ta'at. The other is as-sabru anil ma'asi. So to stay away have patience with regards to staying away from sin. Maybe you want to commit this haram. Maybe you want to go out with this girl. Maybe you want to commit zina. Maybe you want to uh, deal in interest. Maybe that's what appeals to you and the shaitan is pushing you towards it. Have patience, stop yourself. You need sabr there as well. You need sabr to worship. You need sabr to stay away from haram. And finally, the most common sabr that you and I all know, sabr to have patience with regards to difficulties and calamities. You have been diagnosed with an illness. A loved one died. You are struggling financially. These aqdar, sabr al-aqdar al-mu'lima, to have patience with regards to the qadr of Allah, that is difficult. You need to have patience in all three. Very important. Have patience with regards to worship. Have patience with regards to staying away from sin. Have patience with regards to the qadr that happens to you that is difficult. This is what sabr means, ikhwani fillah. Wassalah, seek aid within your prayer. Your prayer should make your life easier for you. Your prayer, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in authentic hadith, whenever something would bother him, whenever something would worry him, kan yafzu'u ila salah, he would pray. And there is a beautiful athar of Ibn Abbas, عنه, I believe it was Ibn Abbas, that he was told that a relative died and he was on his dad, but he was on his camel or his horse. And then he was told, some, a loved one died, the khabar, the news came to him that someone died. And then he got off his horse and then he went and he prayed and he, he prayed for long. And then he, he read this verse, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Seek aid in patience and in prayer. وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ And indeed it is, is heavy and difficult except to those who have khushu'. The word لَكَبِيرَةٌ the scholar said it means شَاقَةٌ وَثَقِيرَةٌ It is difficult and heavy except for those who have khushu'. The word khushu' is something you must have heard of before. You usually hear it in the context of the prayer. الْخُشُوعُ فِي الصَّلَةِ لِذَلِكَ the scholars they say what is heavy? Is it the patience that is heavy that's being referred to? It is it the general seeking aid in patience and salah? Or is it referring to the salah? The asal in the luqa is that it goes back to أَقْرَبُ مَذْكُورَ the, the last one that was mentioned. وَاسْتَعِينُوا Seek aid. 
Be sabri in patience, wasalati and in the prayer. And indeed it is heavy. What is heavy? The prayer. Illa al except those who have khushu'. And also, لماذا? لأن الخشوع لا يقع إلا في الصلاة. The khushu' doesn't happen except in the prayer. That's what the بعض العلماء have said. So, khushu' إخواني في الله, it happens in the heart. الخشوع كما قال العلماء محله القلب. So to to be to find uh, tranquility, humility, humbleness, focus in your salah, it starts with your heart. That you are remembering akhirah, that you're standing in front of Allah. And you find enjoyment in your prayer. You're connecting with your Lord. You forget about this world. Not that when you're in your salah, you're thinking about all of the dunya-related issues that you have to think about. You are focused on Allah Almighty. And then, Then this khushu' is then evident or it manifests upon your limbs. So you are still. You're not moving about. You're not scratching and watch, looking at your watch or, or fidgeting. You are so focused in your prayer. It, so it is not closing your eyes. It is not necessarily about any of that. It is khushu' is attained through uh, being humble and remembering you're standing in front of your Lord, remembering that you're going to meet Allah Almighty, remembering the hereafter. And that's exactly what the following verse is about. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَىٰ Seek aid in patience and in prayer. وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ And indeed the prayer is heavy and difficult. إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِئِينَ أَكْسَدُّوا الْخُشُوعِ And then Allah describes the people that have khushu' by saying, they are those who, الَّذِينَ يَظُنُّونَ Those who are certain, أَنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُوا رَبِّهِمْ That they are going to meet their Lord. وَأَنَّهُمْ إِلَيْهِ رَجِعُونَ And they are going to go back to Allah Almighty. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, the khashi'een, they are those who are certain that they are going to meet their Lord. What's interesting is the word, يَظُنُّونَ يَظُنُّونَ ظن, the Arabs use this word for two contradictory meanings. ظن meaning being in doubt or not being sure, and ظن being absolutely certain. It is used in both. And the Arab language have certain words that are used in that manner. So dhan is among them. And many of the dhan in the Qur'an, it means yaqeen. A lot of times when you come the word dhan in the Qur'an, it means yaqeen. Inni dhanantu anni mulaqin hisabiyah. Ay inni ayqantu anni mulaqin hisabiyah. That on the day of judgment, people say, I believed with certainty that they were going to meet uh, the judgment. So dhan, a lot of times, it means yaqeen. I am certain of it. Especially in the usage of the Quran, but not always, of course. So, even in the story of Musa السلام, when he said, And I know for certain, O Fir'aun, that you're going to be destroyed. So, the here isn't, I am not too sure. Um, as for, uh, they are those who are certain that they're going to meet their Lord. وَأَنَّهُمْ إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ And that they will return back to him or they're going to return to Allah Almighty. These are the people that have khushu'. So from here you're understanding, if you want to attain khushu' in your salah, be mindful of this concept that, uh, of akhirah. طيب. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says again, يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ O the children of Israel. O the children of Israel. اُذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةِ يَلَّتِي يَنْعَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ Remember the favors that I have given you, the blessings that I have given you. وَأَنِّي فَضَّلْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ And that I have favored you upon uh, over all of the worlds. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, O the children of Israel, remember my favor which I have bestowed upon you. وَأَنِّي فَضَّلْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ And that I gave you virtue or preferred you over the rest of the world. This is a very interesting verse. A few reasons. Because one, it, it came back. So Allah 
last week we had a similar verse where Allah says, Ya Bani Israel, ifkuru anta alaykum. O Bani Israel, remember the favors that I have bestowed upon you. Bi'ahdi, bi'ahdikum. And fulfill my promise to, to me and I will fulfill my promise to you. Right? Then here Allah saying again, Ya Bani Israel, O the people of Israel, O the children of Israel, udhkuru alaykum. Remember and mention the favors that I have bestowed upon you. And that I gave you fadl and virtue and preferred you over the alameen, the worlds. The scholars, they mention a few things. First of all, what are these favors that Allah is talking about? And Allah is saying, remember these favors and the, and the blessing I've given you after these two verses that we're going to recite. For the next few, many ayats, it will only be about mentioning in detail all the favors Allah had given Banu Israel. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so Allah says, Oh, Bani Israel, remember the good things you've been given, the blessings, the favors, the ni'am. And I preferred you over the alameen. The alameen, we mentioned, it means, كُلُّ مَا سِوَ اللَّهِ Alam is كُلُّ مَا سِوَ اللَّهِ Everything is in Allah. So all of Allah's creation. Some of the scholars, they said, Banu Israel were given, they, they have more virtue than any other ummah. Than any other ummah. And other ulama said it is awalimu zamanihim or alamu zamanihim. So they are better than the the people in their time, right? So when Allah is saying, and I have preferred you and given you more virtue, and you are better, it is talking about in the context of their time. They were the best ummah. Why were they so virtuous? Because of the many prophets that came from them. Because of the many books that were written, because of all this, right? Uh, uh, they, they, these are the fadl. Some other scholars have said, It should be kept in its umum, in its generality. Meaning what? We're going to say, Banu Israel are the most virtuous ummah, the most preferred ummah, with one exception. With one exception. And that exception, did we make it out of our own whims and desires? No, because it's mentioned in the Quran. The best ummah, the number one, the best nation, the best ummah is who? The ummah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As mentioned in Surah Al-Imran, Kuntum khayra ummatil nas. You are the best people, the best nation. So, that is the exception. Other than the ummah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best ummah would be Banu Israel. And that is the fadl that is being referred to here. Now, one might assume because of this fadl, one might assume because of this virtue, Allah is saying, I have given you all these favors and I have preferred you over all the other nations, that they have a direct ticket to Jannah. That they are all of a sudden, Sha'abullah al Mukhtar, the chosen nation. That they will go straight to Jannah. That somehow they deserve to go to Jannah more than other people. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا لَا تَجْزِي نَفْسٌ عَنْ نَفْسٍ شَيْئًا وَلَا يُؤْخَذُ مِنْهَا عَدْلٌ وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا شَفَاعَةٌ وَلَا يُؤْخَذُ مِنْهَا عَدْلٌ وَلَا هُمْ يُنْصَرُونَ Allah is saying, and fair a day when a person shall not avail another nor will intercession be accepted nor will there be any ransom nor will you find anyone to help you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا Fair a day this is referring, this day is referring to the day of judgment. لا تجزي نفس عن نفس شيئا That no person shall, not, shall avail another. It's everyone is in it for themselves. No one can help you. 
This is why many Christians in the Quran, on their judgment, even your own family will run away from you. No one is there except you're there for yourself on their judgment. Nafsi, nafsi. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا شَفَاعَةً Nor will there be any intercession accepted. It means to intercede, right? To speak on someone's behalf, right? In, in layman's term, it would be, or an example of that would be, you want a job. You know that if you go there by yourself, you probably won't get that job. But you know someone that knows the person that is hiring, and you say, can you speak on my behalf? Can you do shafa'a for me? Can you intercede on my behalf? On the day of judgment, there is no intercession, Allah says here. What's interesting is, you and I know that there is an intercession. There's a shafa'atul uzma, right? The great intercession for the Prophet ﷺ. We know that there is an intercession that the believers will do. This ayah is referring that there is no shafa'a for the kafirin. There's no shafa'a for those who disbelieve. There's no shafa'a for those who deny the Prophet. There's no shafa'a for those uh, among the Yahud that deny the Prophet. And the shafa'a that is accepted is for the believers. And the shafa'a has shurud. Inshallah, I will speak about it in detail uh, in the future. And no shafa'a will be accepted. And no ransom will be taken. This is referring to a adl is a, a, a ransom or a compensation. And many ayat mention that the people uh, will try and they would wish that they could um, free themselves from hellfire by giving anything, even the whole earth, anything they can, but there's no such thing. On the day of judgment, the only thing that will save you is good deeds and belief. Faith, iman, and amal salih. The fact that you're from the chosen nation, in your, uh, if you believe that, or the fact that your ummah was the best ummah, even us, the ummah of Muhammad, yes, we are the best ummah. But if you don't believe, and you don't do right actions, none of that will help you. I am from the ummah of the Prophet Muhammad, thus I deserve Jannah. No, 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 no. You want to go to Jannah, you got to work for it. Iman and Amr Salih. So Allah is reminding them, and reminding us, fear a day, fear the day of judgment. وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا لَا so no one can help you no one is going to avail you uh, no one is going to intercede on your behalf if you're not a believer and there will be no one that will ransom you nothing that you can ransom yourself with and there will be no one that can help them they will not be helped they will not be helped if you can't even help yourself on their judgment you can't help someone else either may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us after this verse, in verse 49, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts speaking in detail about the favors that were mentioned earlier. Remember when Allah said, remember the favors that Allah has bestowed upon you. What's interesting is, again, Allah will be talking about the favors and the blessings and the things that were given to the Banu Israel of old. Question that one might ask themselves is, why is this being told to the Banu Israel living at the time of the Prophet Muhammad because they got, Allah is referencing the time of Fir'aun and Musa because they are their forefathers their ancestors their ajdad so all, as a nation as an ummah as Banu Israel all of this was done for you and remember and also it is to remind them these are the mistakes your forefather made 
they didn't obey Musa alayhi salam. Don't fall into the same mistake and disobey Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So here Allah is reminding them of the mistakes, the favors they were given, and how they never benefited from those favors, how they never acted righteously, their, their forefathers, and that they're falling into the same mistake by denying Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah says, And remember, when we delivered you from or saved you from Ala Fir'aun from the people of Fir'aun. Remember, O Banu Israel, when we saved you, Allah says, from the people of Fir'aun. They will inflict upon you the worst torment and punishment. And what was that punishment? They would slaughter your sons and your boys over and over again. يذبحون. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't say يذبحون. يذبحون. It means they would do it over and over again Often يذبحون. They would slaughter and slaughter and slaughter your sons نساءكم, And they would spare your woman ذلكم, And in that In that The fact that they were torturing your sons and killing them The fact that they were sparing the woman The fact that all of this was happening This torment وفي ذلكم and therein was a mighty trial for you from your Lord. It was a test from your Lord. This is the first favor that Allah is reminding them. You might think, wait a minute, what favor? They are being the fact that they were tormented? No. What does the vein of the ayah say? When we saved you. The first favor that they are being reminded of is Allah saved you from the torment of Fir'aun. Allah saved you from the torment of Fir'aun. Remember when we saved you from the people of Fir'aun, when they were inflicting upon you the worst torment. They would murder and slaughter your sons and your boys. And they would spare the woman folk. And therein was a trial or a blessing from your Lord. How is it a trial and a blessing at the same time? Bala is used for both something good, a blessing, or bala is used also for something that is a trial and a test. When you are given a child, it is bala, you're being tested. When that child passes away, it is a bala, you're also being tested. One time it is a ni'mah, another time it is a naqamah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in it was a trial and a test for you this great blessing we have given you the fact that we saved you were you grateful? Were you grateful? So this is the first blessing. A few points to mention here. The people of Fir'aun are mentioned here. Of course Fir'aun and his people they were engaged in the torment and the enslavement and the torture of the Banu Israel. This was happening where? It was happening in Egypt in Misr. How did the Banu Israel end up in Misr? You have to go back to the story of Yusuf and how he ended up in Egypt. And then when he was in Egypt, later on, his father Yaqub, who is who? Israel. They ended up, after the drought, moving into Egypt. And from then on onwards, the Banu Israel lived in Egypt. Well, and over time, the people from Egypt originally, not the Banu Israel, were known as Al-Qibtiyin or, or the Copts, right? which is the people of Fir'aun. They ended up uh, taking over or they ended up enslaving 
and being in charge of Egypt. And what happened was that one of the Fara'ina, one of the Fir'auns, yes, there is not one Fir'aun, there were many Fir'auns. Because Fir'aun is not a name, it is actually a rank or a title. It would be like, a, like a, there would be a Caesar, the Caesar of Rome, or, or the, the Najashi was also a title. And this was a title, like, like a king or, or, a, or something like that. So Fir'aun, the pharaoh, there were many pharaohs and there were many Fir'auns. This is why sometimes the books of Tariq, they mention Fir'aun Musa, the pharaoh of Moses, or the Fir'aun of Musa, to be specific, right? And some of the scholars, they mention his name and, and more details about him. That's not important, right? Fir'aun was a tyrant, was one of the worst people that ever lived, that dared to claim Allah by saying, Ana al-a'la, by saying, Hal min ghayri, and all of these uh, heinous statements, the torture that he did on the people that believed later on, and, and how he enslaved Ben Israel. Fir'aun is someone that you all know. طيب. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, or, so let me continue on the story. So, the pharaohs, uh, these different pharaohs were in charge. One of these pharaohs, he has a dream that a fire came from Sham, and it came from Sham, and it went into every home of the Copts. And, and their palaces and their homes and destroyed everything in its path and left the homes of the Banu Israel alone. So he called all of their advisors and sorcerers and what have you and he asked them what does this dream mean? And they said this means that your downfall and your kingdom's downfall and destruction will be by the hands of a man from Banu Israel. And then they came up with the idea, well, if that's the case, let's just murder all the sons and their boys, which is what they would do. They would slaughter everyone. And what's interesting is that uh, if they were slaughtering everyone, how did Prophet Harun uh, not get killed? Although he was older than Musa. We know Musa uh, was saved through his story where uh, uh, he ended up being raised in the palace of Fir'aun himself, right? We know that story and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him. What's amazing is the person they were looking for, the person that would end up being their downfall, they raised them in their own palace because Allah is the one that's in control of all of our affairs. Look at this. They've been committing all these heinous crimes and killing all these boys and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them raise the one who will take away their kingdom. Tayyip. What's ajib is, so yeah, the question is, so how did Harun survive? Some scholars have said that the killing of the boys would happen every odd year. So one year they would be killing them, another year they would be leaving them alone. And you have some other muhaqiqin that said that actually the reason, they, at one point they stopped murdering all the boys because now that they were enslaving them and, and they were putting them to work, if they kill every single male, uh, a young man or, or, or baby boy and the elderly die, then who else would be doing the, the labor work? Which is why they left them alone and Allah knows best. But anyway, Allah is telling us that they were slaughtering the boys and leaving and sparing the girls. Sparing the girls wasn't out of kindness. It was the fact that they knew that they uh, would, uh, that the, what, who would be on the downfall would be from the men. But it's not like they were showing any kindness to the woman folk as well. The fact that Allah saved the people of Banu Israel from the crimes, the enslavement and the torture of Fir'aun is the first blessing mentioned. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions another blessing. وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَةِ فَأَنْجَيْنَاكُمْ وَأَغْرَقْنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ 
وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ And remember, when we divided the sea for you, فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ إِلَّكُمْ الْبَحْرَ When we divided or separated the sea for you, وَأَغْرَقْنَا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ And we drowned Fir'aun and his people. وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ While you were looking, you saw that. Allah is reminding us that the Banu Israel, they saw Fir'aun being drowned and they were saved. Allah is telling us the second blessing. The second ni'mah they are being reminded of is what? إِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَى This qissa is said in more detail in Surah Shu'ra. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that Fir'aun chased them. إِنَّا لَمُشْرَقُونَ And then uh, for, for, towards the, um, the, the, uh, the west and, uh, or, or the east, I mean, sorry. And then what happened was they saw each other. So Musa, Harun, and the people of the Banu Israel, they flee, and Fir'aun chases them. And then they say, see each other. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that in the Quran. Uh, they said, Qala ashabu Musa inna lamudrakun. The people of Musa said, they're catching us up. There they are. They will catch us. It's over. So you have the sea here, and they can't go further, and you have the army of Fir'aun approaching. Then, what did Musa say? No. No. We're not in trouble. We shouldn't be worried. Why? Indeed, my Lord is with me. Sayyidina, and He will guide me. This is tawakkul. Full trust in Allah Almighty. And this trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it started from the beginning. Before He's even sent to Fir'aun, what does Allah say? Don't worry, I am with you. I see and I hear. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa and Harun that he was with him. And this ma'iyya, being with him, Allah is always aware of what we are doing, but this was ma'iyyatun khasa. This was the fact that Allah is with them, protecting them. Musa wasn't worried. The army is approaching, there's nowhere to go, a dead end, it is the sea, he was not worried. What did he say when his people said, Inna lamudrakun, he said, Kalla inna ma'iyya rabbi sayahdeen. And then the ni'mah that is being referred to in this verse, وَإِذْ فَرَقْنَا بِكُمُ الْبَحْرَ And remember, when we split the sea for you, when we divided it in two, and what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Allah commanded Musa to hit his staff on the, ground, on the ocean, and, and what? فَانْفَلَقَ It became two. فَكَانَ كُلُّ فِرْقِ Each one became like a huge mountain. So there was a path now, and they walked through that path, and they were saved. When we separated the sea for you, فَأَنْجَيْنَاكُمْ And I saved you, Allah said, or we saved you. وَأَغْرَقْنَا And we drowned آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ The people of Fir'aun. وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ أَيْوَ الْحَالِ أَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ While you were looking. So, while you were looking at them, and you saw that the sea destroyed Fir'aun and his people, and we saved you from this tyrant, this is another ni'mah that you should be thankful for. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminded them of something else. وَإِذْ وَعَدْنَا مُوسَى and remember, when we appointed for Musa 40 nights, and this is when Musa went to receive the Torah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was initially 30, like Allah mentioned in Surah Araf, 10 were added. Right? And some of the scholars, they say, these, this month and 10 days was Dhul Qa'da, and the first 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. طيب. So Musa went. What did they do after he was gone? And this story, we'll learn more about it 
towards uh, as as we go along in the surah and a lot more detail is mentioned in the surah al-taha طيب Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said okay so remember when we appointed Musa the 40 days ثم تخذتم العجلة and then you took the calf right and then you took the cow or the calf took it for what for worship you took it as a god but the word ilahan is not mentioned here because it's so bad Allah doesn't want to even mention it remember when you took the calf to do what with it to worship it remember that O Banu Israel remember when Musa went away for 40 years 40 years 40 days and then you took the calf and the story again in surah to in the other in other chapters there is more detail especially in surah Taha um there was a man called Samiri who collected the jewelry from the Banu Israel. Why did he collect the jewelry? And this was while they were gone. He collected their jewelry and this jewelry is set in gold. It was said that this gold and this jewelry was something that they stole from the palaces of Fir'aun. And others um, have mentioned that it was not something they stole. They borrowed it, but then because of the ocean splitting and running away, so they felt guilty and they got rid of it. So then a man called Samiri, he took this. And he molded it into, he melted it and molded it into a, the shape of a cow, a ijl. And then it started uh, making a sound, jasadun lahu khuwar. Then he said to them, هذا إلهكم وإله موسى فنسي. This is your Lord. And then he encouraged them to worship it. And he said if Musa would come back, he would worship it too. Who is among them when all this is happening? Harun. And Harun, he tried to stop it, but they wouldn't hear or listen. They wouldn't hear or listen. There were some people that uh, stayed away from it, and some people that started engaging in the idol worship. In the idol worship that Samiri started for him. And if you want to learn more about Samiri and his story and why he did it, uh, Surah Taha explains it in a lot more detail. طيب. Allah has reminded them, Remember when we, when, when, we, when we appointed Musa the 40 days where he was receiving the law, the Torah. And while he was gone, what did you do? You took the calf as something to be worshipped. And you worshipped it. مِن بَعْدِهِ After Musa left. وَأَنْتُمْ ظَالِمُونَ While you were transgressors and you were oppressors and you were in the wrong. Shirk is dhulm. And Allah says so in Surah Al-Luqman, إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ This is the worst thing one can do. So here you have Ben Israel, and they are just saved from Fir'aun. They just saw Allah uh, showing this miracle of splitting the sea. They were saved. Their oppressor, Fir'aun, was destroyed, drowned. Then, instead of thanking Allah Almighty, Instead of going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worshipping Him alone, what do they do? They worship an idol. The way Musa reacts when he comes back is mentioned in Surah Al-A'raf. When he becomes extremely upset, he starts with his brother Harun. How did you let this happen? And Harun explains himself that he, Musa Harun had his own legitimate reasons why he didn't. Uh, Musa says, Why didn't you follow me if he didn't listen to you? Uh, and they started obeying and committing the shirk. And then uh, Harun mentions that he didn't want to split 
between the Banu Israel and he wanted to keep it together although these people were committing shirk. Al-Muhim is a qisla that is very long and inshallah ta'ala hopefully one day we can, we can discuss it. But here Allah is reminding them. Again, the purpose here is to count the blessings they were given. Remember when Musa left for the 40 days and then you, after he was gone, worshipped the idol. While you were oppressors, remember that? And then, then Allah SWT, and then we pardoned you after that. So the blessing is the fact that they were forgiven. Although you committed shirk, after being saved, you were forgiven. Why were you saved? So that you may be grateful. Allah saying after that we forgave you so that you may be grateful. So the first ni'mah that was mentioned was they were saved from Fir'aun. The second ni'mah that was mentioned was that the sea split open for them and Fir'aun was drowned. Their oppressor and the tyrant. The third ni'mah, after you commit shirk and you worship a, a, an idol, the calf, you are forgiven. And after that we forgave you so that you may be grateful. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us exactly how they were forgiven. How were the Banu Israel forgiven? Allah then says, astaghfirullah, before that there's an ayah, This is another blessing. Because while Musa was gone, what did he receive? He received the Torah. He received the Torah, the Torah. That's another blessing, the fact that they were given a law, that the fact that they were given a book that will guide them through this life, teaches them right from wrong, establishes the truth. This kitab within itself is another ni'mah. And Allah is saying, and remember when we gave Musa, Musa when we gave him the book, this book is the Torah, the Torah. So remember this favor, this blessing, we gave Musa the Torah. وَالْفُرْقَانِ And we gave him the Furqan. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ So you may be guided. The purpose of these books, Ikhwani Fillah, the Quran, the Torah, and the Injil is to be guided. And we mentioned that in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, this Quran itself, what did Allah say? ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا It is a guidance للمتقين to those who are pious. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, we reveal the book upon uh, Musa alayhi salam. Lish. Why? So that you may be guided. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ What's interesting is here, two things are mentioned that are given to Musa. Al-Kitab is given to Musa, and Al-Furqan is given to Musa. Are they the same thing, or are they two different things, is something the scholars discuss and talk about. Al-Kitab wal furqan And there are ba'd al-aqwal. Um, one of the aqwal is that it is the same thing. And the